You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope this will encourage you to grow in your faith. Uh, anybody here, you're, you're just about ready for Christmas. <laughs> okay, no reaction here. Okay, um, I know that Christmas is in full swing. And you know, you know sometimes you, you, when you go get to the point of almost when you're in Christmas season and you're in the busyness of the rush, you say, okay, I'm going to start early next year. Have you ever said that before? I'm going to start earlier next year. And somehow, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and so Christmas is now in full swing. And also, the Christmas traffic is in full swing. Right? And so yesterday, uh, we were in Tiendecitas, we were buying some stuff, and on the way, uh, we were on a three-lane road, I was right in the middle, and the guy on my left made a quick swerve to the extreme right, all right? not to the, to the middle, he didn't swerve towards the middle, he swerved to the extreme right coming from the left. Okay, how many of you know that's not a fun thing to experience? And so somehow the, all the fruit of the Spirit would just start falling from the tree. And, and you can't, it's like my old self going back, coming back. And it's like, I was, I was thinking, I wish I had that, you know that Batmobile where it had the uh, drill that coming off from the side? And, and you know, I, I, thought, I really thought about this. Okay? Drills would come out from the side and destroy his tires. Um, Maybe it's just me who thinks that, no? And so, but, but I had to stop myself because, number one, my 11-year-old son was with me. Number two, he might have a dash cam. I'll be on YouTube the next day. This pastor from Victory, right? And then, uh, number three, you might be here today. Okay, so uh, I, I did not uh, want to give any... Sp- <laughs> That's right. Didn't want to give any specific of what car, what color, what plate number. But anyway... Uh, so Christmas is in full swing, but we do have hope, and hope has come. And so I want to uh, go back to Galatians chapter 4, as we have been in the past three. This is our fourth week, as I said. And, and I want to be able to piece everything together this afternoon. Because when you, talk, when you look at the broad picture, the broad story, we've always said that history is his story it is God's story it is his narrative and if you look at uh, the timeline from God creating the heavens and the earth and you know mind you before that God has been existing way before creation he's been pre-existent he, uh, uh, the, God the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit they were in perfect unity and community way before we came along right and so he created the heavens and the earth. He is love, John. First John 4 forces. And out of that love, he wants to pour it out to every single one of us. But the fall happened where, you know, Adam and Eve disobeyed God and his command. Right? And as a result, he w- they were asked to leave the garden. They were banished from the presence of God. But from that time on till the coming of Christ, right at the center of history, Right? I don't know if you even realize that right at the center of history is the coming of Christ. Our calendar right in the middle of that is actually B.C. before Christ and A.D. Right in the middle is where Christ is. And so redemption happens and then God will restore his kingdom 
what originally his plan was for creation, he will continue and reestablish his kingdom fully. Uh, you've heard of the saying, already but not yet. When Jesus Christ came, he already established the kingdom and the kingdom of God is here but is not fully established yet and he will come uh, the second time. And so in Galatians chapter 4, as we have been uh, studying, um, we want to read from verse 4 again and then piece all things, everything together. When the fullness of time had come, right at the point of redemption, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, right at the point of the middle of our calendar, the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son, speaking of his divinity, born of a woman, speaking of his humanity, born under the law, being under the Jewish law, right? To redeem those who were under the law, every single one of us, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Verse six, and because you are sons, God sent his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse seven, so that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir through God. And so first week, we talked about God sending forth his son, his incarnation, Jesus' incarnation, and then redeeming us week two. Week three, our adoption as his children. Today, we want to talk about what does that entail? When you talk about inheritance, what does that mean? And so let's commit this time to the Lord. Lord, we ask, speak, Lord, to our hearts. And I pray that you would take away every distraction. I know, Lord, we're preparing for Christmas. I know, Lord, we have a lot of things we still have in our checklist. I know, Lord, we have uh, maybe our phones buzzing because of things that we still need to uh, accomplish. But Lord, I pray we would give this next several moments and we would commit it to you as we listen to your word in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I read an article about a man who had lost all hope because he was homeless. He did not have, he seemed like he did not have any future. It seemed like he did not have any um, uh, you know, any, any uh, hope for the future. And so he, 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 you know, he took his own life, not realizing that he had two holding companies named to him that in, he inherited and a couple of land to his name. And so I think about sometimes how we live through life not realizing and understanding the inheritance we have in Christ. And we think, Lord, is this all that there is to life? And that, Lord, um, I'm, just, I'm just waiting until I get to heaven. Listen, the goal is not to get to heaven. Not just, not just to get to heaven. Because if that were all the goal that you and I would have, then during your baptism, right, we'll just dunk you for about 30 minutes. And so you wake up, you're in heaven, right? That is not the goal. It's beyond that. Our life is to bring glory and praise to his name while we are here. Ephesians chapter 1. Pastor Lowell alluded to this earlier. In him, in Christ, we have obtained, or we have to obtain an, an inheritance. You and I have an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things. All right? Everybody say all things. You know 
by this verse that everything that happens to your life, he works it out according to the conformity of his will. As a child of God, you can trust that so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. First Peter. And this is Peter speaking to the church because the church at that time was, as I have mentioned many times in the past, was going through severe and intense persecution. He says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. I hope you're grateful for the mercy of God. I pray that you reflect every so often on the mercy of God. And that the mercy of God allows us to not get what we deserve. Justice is that you do get what you deserve. Mercy, it, God withholds his justice so that we don't get what we deserve. According to his great mercy. He caused us to be born again to a living hope. A hope that is not a dead hope. A hope that is a living hope. And, and, and it's not like a, a hope that you just, you're just wishful thinking. Lord, I hope this happens. But it's a hope that you know this is going to be certain. This is going to happen. Through the resurrection of Christ. If God, this God that you pray to. If this God you call your father can raise somebody from the dead. God can do immeasurably more than what you can ask or imagine. From the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And so what's included in this inheritance? Let's talk about this for a moment. What's included in the inheritance that we have as Ephesians chapter 1 says? First one, God himself. Right? God himself is your inheritance. He is, it's, not our, it's not the protection that he gives. It's not just the provision that he gives and supplies. It's God himself. The Bible says in Psalm 16 verse 5, Lord, you alone are my inheritance. God is our inheritance, my cup of blessing. And sometimes it's so, you know, we get derailed. And we get defocused when, you know, we rejoice about the blessing. How many of you here, you're thankful for blessings? Raise your hand. Aren't we all, right? We're grateful for the blessing of God. But the best blessing of all is God himself. Somebody say amen. That he is our portion, our inheritance. You know, in the Old, in the Old Testament, the priests did not have an inheritance. You know why? Because God said, I am your inheritance. You and I are called the royal priesthood of God. And God himself is our inheritance. So the question for us is this. Is God enough for you? Is God enough? And, and we have, you know, you, uh, for Christmas, right? You have, sometimes you ask your friends or you ask family members, what's your wish list? So to make it easier when you're shopping, Right? And you may not have got, gotten all your wish list, or maybe you have, but this is still the remaining question. Whether you get it or not, is God still enough? Is God enough, right? You didn't get your Christmas bonus, 
It's God enough. You didn't get your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's God enough. Right? You didn't get the gift that you had wished. It's God enough. Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul speaking at towards the end of his life. I want to know Christ, he says. This is my utmost desire. I want to know him. He didn't say, I want to plant more churches. He didn't say, I want to go to more nations. He didn't say, I want to be able to you know, establish churches in different cities or more disciples. He says, I want to know Christ. He has known Christ for decades by this time. And yet he says, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know him. Right? Is God enough? You know, when we come to church, is God enough? Let's say, you know, let's say you take out all the instruments... You take out all the decorations, you take out all the lights, okay? Is God enough? You take out the cushioned seats, you take out the aircon, ooh, okay? You take out all that stuff, is God enough for us to come together and worship Him? If all we did was just sit on the floor and sing a cappella and listen to the Word of God, would that be enough? I pray that it would be. That it's not dependent on the worship leader. Oh, I, wish, I wish it was Lee Brown. Or I wish it was, you know, this pastor or that pastor. Uh, I wish it was, you know, this speaker. Listen, we, listen we've had people call in and say, Is it, who's going to be pre- preaching this Sunday? Right? Listen, it doesn't matter who's preaching. The word of God is anointed. It's living and active. It's like a double-edged sword dividing the heart and marrow and and soul and spirit, the Bible says. If God can use a donkey, God can use anybody, right? In the Old Testament, in Numbers. Is God enough? It's a good question. He says, I want to know Jesus Christ. His affections are for Christ. God's changed his affections. You see, the goal is not a change of behavior, but a change of affection. Think about this for a moment. Let me give you an example. Um, uh, Pastor Joey Bonifacio, remember Pastor Joey? Okay, Pastor Joey in his church. By the way, he's, he'll be here next week. He'll be preaching. And so, the the in his thirties, he was in uh, he was he was rollerblading a lot. Okay, and you know Pastor Joey, he just he's an influencer. So after he t- tells everybody he's been rollerblading, okay, everybody else now is rollerblading. Okay, and then uh, when he got his forties. Uh, Okay, he, 40s or 50s, he got into kayaking. And so he started talking to people about kayaking. Okay, and he would go to that place um, uh, in, in East Ortigas, somewhere there, and he would go kayaking. Okay, and so he would, he would do that. And so, but whenever his hobbies would change or his affections toward the jo- a hobby would change, his behavior would change as well, right? And so in the same way, what, what I'm trying to point out is this, when, when, we, when our affections shift, our behavior will shift too. If this was the, the, where our attention and affection was, was, was pointing towards, if that shifts, following that will be our behavior. Let me give you an example. I was talking to a young guy this week, and he said, you know what, Pastor Paolo, I've given up drinking. And, and I said, what made you make that decision? I said, you know, I've realized Jesus is enough. And I used to think, for me to be happy, I need to be, you know, I need to just have fun drinking, right? But the Bible says, don't be 
filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God's filled my heart with the Spirit of God. I don't need that. The joy of the Lord fills my heart. I don't have to have that. I spoke to another guy. He says, you know, uh, I used to, I, I was addicted to porn. I would re-watch it and now it's just addicted to it. But when I met Christ and when Christ started to change my heart, I didn't need that stuff. Because Jesus now fills my heart. I don't need that stuff. And so again, I'm not saying that person is perfect. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the affections have changed. And when the affections change, the behavior will change. Our goal is not behavior modification. Because it's not sheer grit that will change us. It's not a reaffirmation of your grit that will change you. But it's the recognition of the grace of God in your life that will change you. When I think about my own life, I was telling my daughter yesterday, I was like, you know what, my life was messed up before I met Christ. And even after I met Christ, and every so often that ugly head of brokenness shows up, that's why I need to preach the gospel to myself every day. I talk to myself about the grace of God in my life every single day, the mercy of God in my life. And so an understanding of that would make me uh, realize, Lord, you're so good. You're so good. You let me go through what I went through. And I am where I am today. Your grace abounds in my life. How can I not serve you? It's not a have to, but I get to. You guys get this? You, you, you know, it's like, I don't have to serve you. I get to serve you because you showed your love for me. It's the first one. Second one, fullness of life in the Holy Spirit. The fullness of life. We can have fullness of life here on earth. I'm not saying perfect life. I'm saying fullness of life. Ephesians. In him. You heard the word of truth. And then we have been promised what? The promise of the Holy Spirit who is your guarantee to our inheritance. It's a guarantee to our inheritance. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. He has been given to us. And when we are living a life for him captivated by his love then the holy spirit moves us the holy spirit teaches us the holy spirit convicts us the holy spirit leads us that's a spirit-filled life when you repentance now becomes part of your daily routine you look at your own life and says lord i'm sorry that was really just dumb for me to say that that was foolish for me to do that lord what i did what i said how i reacted that was really just foolish I repent, Lord. That was wrong. That's not just foolish, but sinful, Lord. The Holy Spirit gives us and speaks to us and brings us and guides us into all truth, the Bible says. Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit. For you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Inside of us, there's a battle. If you do not know this yet, know this now. There's a battle inside. Will I... Will I watch this video or will I not watch this porn video? Will I say this thing? Will I not say this thing? Will I do this under the table deal or will I not do this under the table deal? Will I not forgive and make him suffer or will I forgive and let God move in my heart through that forgiveness? Will I stop doing, stop lying or will I continue like every single day there's a battle in your heart? And if you live by the Spirit, Paul says, you will not gratify the 
desires of the flesh. You recognize the grace of God in your life. And then you die to self. Dying to self is every day. It's a hard truth. Because we want to live for self. There's the self-phenomenon. Right? The self-phenomenon. Right? We, we love ourselves. Whether we admit it or not. When you look at the picture, who's the first face you look at? We look at ourselves. We, it, we love ourselves, but he says, die to self. Remember Jesus said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Speaks of death. Deny yourself. And then come after me. Dying to self is what he has called us. And you know, Christianity is not an invitation to pray a prayer. It's a summon to die to self. If you're not ready to die to self, then ask God, Lord, help me. Because it's not just an altar call and say, Lord, I raised my hand, okay, I'm going to heaven. It's a summon to die to self. Die to self. Um, Romans 12 talks about that, doesn't it? Offer your body as what? A living sacrifice. That's the problem with living sacrifice. It tends to crawl off the altar. And so every day we have to keep putting ourselves back in that altar. Lord, my life is no longer mine. It's yours. Third one, and when you talk about this inheritance, now this threw me off a bit. I said... Okay, because I was, I was looking at the different verses that had inheritance in the New Testament. And then I checked the Old Testament as well. And part of the inheritance we have is in the nations, the Bible says. Psalm 2, ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your position. Lord, what do you mean by this? You see, God is, God is reestablishing his kingdom in the planet. And so, so for you and for me, it's not just going to be Filipinos in heaven. It's not just going to be Americans in heaven. It's not just going to be Brazilians in heaven. It's not just going to be French in heaven. It's every tribe, language, nation, people, and language, and tongue. Everyone will be there. And so God says, if, if, if there is no heart for the nations, we're going to have to ask God, Lord, give us a heart for the nation because this is part of our inheritance. Jack and Trina understand that clearly. Trina had a, had, a, had an executive level role in her company. Jack was working in the ministry and they were both comfortable in the Philippines. And they chose, we're going to leave all that we have, get out of our comfort zone because we're going to go to the nations. And not everybody of us will go to the nations. Some of us will give, some of us will pray, some of us, will, some of us may go. But the inheritance that we have, part of the inheritance we have are the nations. If you travel around, here's a thought. If you travel around for work, let me encourage you. You know, be a blessing to the nations. 
right? And, and there's a guy, his name is GP from our church here. And, and he gets sent to Kyrgyzstan and to uh, the Stan nations, right? And so he gets sent out to these different nations by his company. And every time he goes, he would visit our missionary there. And he would bring boy bawang, choknat, sinigang mix, okay? Pray with them and bless them. And in this little way, in this little way, he's encouraging them. And then they get a breath of fresh air. And then they get excited and encouraged again to preach the gospel in the city, in the nation where they're in. Ask of me, I'll give you the nations. Because people matter to God. And He alone sets your value. He has set your value at a steep price and cost. He sent His Son. That's how He determined your value. That's why don't let anybody set your value. Don't let people set your, don't let things, don't let career, don't let work, don't let your boss, don't let money set your value because you are way more expensive than that. That's why people have a hard time today because they, they measure value by how much friends or likes or stuff or things. You're way more costly than those things that I've mentioned earlier. God has set your value at a steep cost. He gave his son. If we live for people's approval, then we also die with their disapproval. Every single person has value. That's why Revelation says, every nation, every tribe. And that's the picture we have in heaven. And finally, I'll end with this one, paradise. Um, God's kingdom will be established on earth. And so, heaven and earth will come. He will give, God will restore the new heavens and the new earth. Um. And, and in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, he says, Therefore he, okay, the Hebrew writer speaking about Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, this new testament, this new covenant, this new agreement, this new promise, so that those who are called may receive the promised okay, eternal life or eternal inheritance since a death has occurred, the death of Christ, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions, from our sins, from our problems, from our, 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 our iniquity, committed under the first covenant. The covenant, we talked about this last week, gives us boundary lines, but we could not keep them. So we, you know, we would overstep, and God had to redeem us from that through Christ's death in Calvary. And so now we have received this inheritance. God is restoring the kingdom. And he will establish his peace. Remember? Um, Isaiah 9, 6. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. When this child comes. Unto us a child is born. A son is given. He will give us. He will be the Prince of Peace. And this peace. You've heard of that word shalom. This peace is more than just internal peace. So that you can sleep well at night it's the shalom that says everything will begin to work well everything will work well it's well-being everything works right which means 
physical well-being, physical shalom, would, how does that translate? Everything inside you will work in the coming kingdom, in paradise, in the coming kingdom, everything works well in this body. You don't have to have pacemakers. You don't have to have maintenance. I was talking to some of the seniors, and we were saying, you know, in the coming kingdom, no more maintenance. Woo! They started clapping, right? And so, no more of those, no asthma, no diabetes, no insulin shots. Everything works well in this temple, in this body. Physical shalom. There's material shalom. There's no injustice. There's societal shalom. There's no more abuse. No taking care or taking advantage of each other. There's emotional shalom and mental shalom. Everything works well. There's no more chemical imbalance or clinical uh, uh, instability. You see, an understanding of our eternal inheritance will cause us to persevere in our faith. Story of two prisoners. One prisoner, his family, his wife and children said, I have nothing to do with you any longer. And then the other prisoner says, I know you're paying for your sins, but please know, you would get letters, please know we're waiting for you, we're praying for you. Same sentence, same problem, same crime, but different reaction. This guy, because he did not have a hope when he leaves the prison, he just falls to the ground and falls on the floor and gives up all hopes, hope and dies after some time. This guy, because he knew his wife and kids are waiting for him, he has that perseverance. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave this place. My wife is waiting for me. My children is waiting for me. And so you and I today, we can persevere through the difficult season in life because we know there is an eternal inheritance in Christ. John Newton, if you remember him, he wrote the song Amazing Grace. He said, suppose a man was going to New York to take possession of a large estate and his carriage should break down a mile before he got to the city, which obliged him to walk the rest of the way. What a fool we should think of him if we, we saw him wringing his hands and blubbering all, out all the remaining mile. My carriage is broken. My carriage is broken. If you were that man and I knew there was like a, a, a large estate waiting for me, I will not mind the walking because there is an inheritance, a large estate waiting for me that I don't have to, you know, sometimes we're, we're walking through life, oh gosh, I can't believe this. You know, we're just so filled with negativity. It's like, I don't believe this. I don't believe it. Why did he do it? It's like, here's the large estate. Your eye is this on this thing. Your eye should be on the prize. Jesus himself, God is your inheritance. You see, when Christ arrived, hope has come. Don't lose sight of what he's given you today. Don't lose sight of that. Let me give you an, uh, an application for us. Number one, glorify God in all that you do. This is a tough one, but he didn't tell us to do that if it was impossible to do. Give him glory in your workplace, in your family, in your life, in your marriage, in your school, in your campus, wherever you're at, give him glory. The Bible says, whatever you do, 
whatever encompasses all the things that you do. Whatever you do, work at it with some of your heart, a bit of your heart. This is all your heart. I was working for the Lord, not for human masters. You go to work tomorrow. I don't know if you still are going to work tomorrow. <laughs> it's 23, okay? But if you still will, okay? Or maybe January, know that you're not working for your boss, your board, your supervisor, your manager, your unit manager. You're working for the Lord. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance. There's an inheritance. There it is again. From the Lord as a reward. So question. You need to answer. Will this. Okay. Whatever the this is. Okay. What's, what's the this now in your life? Okay. Whatever you're faced with right now. Okay. Business problem. Uh, office. Relational. Um, provision. Whatever that this is, will this action or my reaction or my thoughts or my feelings or my words glorify God? Will this glorify God? Because whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, the Bible says. Number two, and we'll pray for these two things. Don't grow weary. In doing good don't grow weary in doing good listen some of you here you're about to give up don't give up by the word of the Lord today let me encourage you don't give up if I can encourage you today don't give up don't quit it's too soon to quit it's too soon Bible says in Galatians this is towards the end because remember we were in Galatians 4 right last chapter he says, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. There's going to be a reaping. Just keep sowing. Some of you are about to quit. Don't. God says, I'm with you to the very end of the age. I will never leave nor forsake. I have never abandoned the Bible says in Psalms, the psalmist says, I have I've yet to see God abandon his children. He has never left. Let us not grow weary in doing good. And so question is, am I focused on Christ or am I getting distracted by the cares of this world? Focus on Christ. Jesus did not become weary in doing good. Remember in Hebrews chapter 12, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, so that you and I could be reconciled back to the Father. He kept his eyes on the prize. You know what's his prize? To see every single one of us be reconciled back to the Father. He endured the cross, kept doing it. He kept walking one foot in front of the next towards Calvary so that you and I could be reconciled back to the Father atoned for our sins that's the hope that we have let's bow our heads Lord we silence our hearts
Lord, I pray for, for me, for us as your people. It's so easy, Lord, to get derailed when we take our eyes off the price. And I just sense some of us here, it's, it's, like, it's like Peter. He was asked to get off and step out of the boat. And when he took out his eyes or took his eyes off of Jesus, he started to sink because he started looking at the waves and the winds and the storm. And so, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our resolve to bring glory to you by our words, our action, our thoughts, our deeds. It's not the easiest sometimes when we're placed in a very difficult situation. And yet, Lord, we know you said, Lord, you said, our Heavenly Father said, my grace is sufficient. You said, Lord. And we're holding on to your word. So, Lord, I pray that we would not become weary the path of obedience is sometimes the most difficult thing but yet Lord I thank you you've called us to obedience to obey is better than sacrifice we can keep serving we can keep giving we can keep going to church but if our hearts are not obedient then everything else becomes nullified so Lord I pray that you Teach us, help us, cleanse our hearts, Lord. Here's what I want us to do. I wanted to uh, end our time in communion. And the reason I wanted to do that is because we wanted us to focus on the reason why we have hope, the reason why we have an inheritance, the reason why we can live in the Spirit with fullness of life that's the reason why we can look forward to a paradise where the kingdom of God is established on earth and so here's what we're going to do we're going to ask the ushers to pass on the elements and as they're passing it holding hold on to it and then we'll partake of it together
Bible says, for I received from the Lord, I also delivered to you. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. I've received this, and I'm giving it to you now, that the Lord Jesus, this message, the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread, verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we Lord, there is there's no boasting that can happen before your presence there's absolutely no boasting because Lord in and of ourselves there's no ability for us to even come into your presence in fact Lord we would we would be consumed right away because of our sinfulness and our our, our iniquity Lord because you are a holy God and yet Lord through Christ you said your word says, Lord, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through me. Through Christ now, we can enter your presence. We have access because of what you have done for us. And so, Lord, we partake of this bread and we say thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for what you've done. Let's eat from, let's, let's partake of the bread. after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me verse 26 for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes so Jesus will come back he will come back whether you believe it or not recognize it or not admit it or not he will come so whenever we partake of communion we're proclaiming Lord you're coming back you're coming back and so Lord I, I thank you for as we partake of this communion we thank you for your blood that was poured out on our behalf we it was it should have been our blood that was poured out but it is yours so that our sins could be forgiven and that sets our value it's no other person or thing that can match that we are who we are today we have what we have today we will be what we will be in the future because of what you've done for us thank you thank you
Lord, as we wrap our time here today, I ask that you would let these thoughts dwell and sink in our hearts. You know, before you go, listen to me. Christ paid a price, and it's costly. And when we celebrate Christmas, he came as a child, but he didn't remain as a child. He grew up, became man, died, and then he was raised from the dead. All this because for God so loved you and me. He gave his son. And so as we go this week, I pray that we would glorify God in all that we do. Endeavor to give him glory. Number two, don't give up. Don't become weary in doing the right thing. He will give you power to say yes to God and no to sin. Amen? Because of what He's done for us. Lord, I bless everyone as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you were challenged and inspired by the message. Together, let's continue to honor God and make disciples.